that's hot. Here are the things that were too stupid for this episode of Hot Contents. Hello, everybody, and oh, welcome. Sorry, I, clapped. I, clapped. I don't know what I did. <laughs> I clapped. And when I play, you play the same way. You freak me, baby. I fuck you crazy, then I'm gone. I was there Always on town. Hang on, mate. I better turn this down because I've got neighbours. <laughs> Oh, dropping tea everywhere. Oh, shit. Oh, mate, I've been done with toe. And now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode five of Hot Contents. I'm Billy Gleason here in New York City. That is my best friend, Steve Sharp, in London. Steve, how you doing, mate? I'm doing lovely, mate. I'm doing lovely. Oh, he's doing lovely. It, we're both doing lovely because, uh, sorry, it's taken us so long, but this is the first podcast of 2018. So a very belated five or six weeks, whatever it is, but happy new year to you. Steve, do you want to say the same? Oh, mate, being venue to our listeners abroad. So stupid. <laughs> I asked him to do a simple thing. Uh, I'm over Mate, all I say is, saying I've clocks. I've been on Facebook the last couple of weeks, and I've seen, you know, we're both 28, right? We're both 28, and I've realised that there's a lot of people that we know sort of starting a new year. Oh, I'm engaged. I got engaged over Christmas. Oh, oh having a baby. We've got, we've got a baby on the way. And you and me, we have a podcast. <laughs> we do. We do. We found a new brand of biscuit. Is really more like what we have. Have you had these? Oh, you had these orange cardamoms. <laughs> Right, good day. Share, sharing that on Facebook. Has anyone had these orange cardamoms? Yeah, it's sandwiched <laughs> between engagements. <laughs> Why aren't we getting the likes? That's She's got five hundred, giving birth to twins. And for some reason, I've got four, and one oh. of them is accidentally me aunt Marge. Is <laughs> that what you got? Appreciate a good thing when you see it. That annoys me when all these pregnant people get all these likes. Oh, mate, especially when it's like baby number three or four. Oh, yeah, it's like oh, little Benjamin. Oh. Yeah. At some point, we just clap him for the fact that you've shagged. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which, in all honesty, really, that is inappropriate. It is. That is should... smut. I, I flag that sort of stuff. I report it for inappropriate <laughs> content. <laughs> the way it should be. Very single men, aren't we? We are very single men. Speaking of being single men, that actually brings us on to the theme of this month's podcast. Uh, unsurprisingly, since it is February, we're going to be talking about Valentine's Day. Steve, you got a special someone you're with this Valentine's Day? No, Billy, and you know that, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I look back at my last two Valentines, right? Last one... I was on Channel 5 News as a guest panellist, and underneath me, you know when I do the description of you, it just said, Singleton. <laughs> that was the expertise that you brought to the table. My expertise, Singleton. Good, there's <laughs> lots of single people, and I'm the one on the telly. And then, year before, was the day when my ex-girlfriend drove past me in a BMW whilst I was holding a 24-pack of Cashel toilet roll. <laughs> and I waved. And I thought, you know what? You know that period after... <laughs> <laughs> you know that period after a relationship with like any interaction with your ex, you got to feel, you got to act like, like you know, like oh, you've moved on and you've gone up in the world. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah, I'm cool still. I'm cooler than you. I can move on. I can do bigger and better things. And I was stood there. I looked like I had the runs. <laughs> really bad. And she looked like she'd really done, done well. And I was like, oh, you. <laughs> well, it was one ply when we were together, love, and now I've upped it to two, so you can fuck yourself. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you were right. holding me back. You were holding right. me back with flies. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Have you got shea butter, love? Because this one's £4.20. <laughs> this £4.20, to be honest. Oh, my word. Before we truly dive into it, we do forget we're a tea review show. And so we are going to be uh, reviewing a tea as we go along here and talk about uh, some of the Valentine's Day mishaps that have happened. What is the tea that you have for us this month, my friend? Mate, so, so this month, think Kit Kat, think Japanese favourite. What you got? Chocolate matcha. So it's chocolate and Japan. Bring them together and you've got this month's tea. That's it, mate. If I undie made dime bars, you'd... means <laughs> 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 nothing. But I do understand. So it's a chocolate matcha. For the people at home, mate, that might not know because we're a bit more of a tea aficionado. Mm. What is matcha? Matcha is like a... It's, it's basically... They say it's got 20 times the antioxidants of green tea. 20? They say it's got 20 times the antioxidants of green tea. Oh, that is laced. That is laced. Do you know what, mate? When I have it, and honestly, I'm telling you, you wake up next day, I look like Gloria Honeyford. <laughs> My skin is just... <laughs> He's sort of the before and after of Renee Zellweger. All that happened was she just had a chocolate matcha and was like, oh. That's oh. right. That's right. Mate, honestly, I'm telling you. It's going to be all over the news. <laughs> who's who's made the tea, mate? Where's the tea from? It's T2. I'm part of the T2 club. I get points every time I buy it, so I'm not going to go elsewhere, Sam. So it'll be T2 for a while. So the chocolate, so the chocolate matcha from T two is our guest tea for the month. And it is. We're gonna. gonna it might be the guest tea next month and all because it costs twenty four pounds <laughs> for a pot. <laughs> this is for you, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of which, actually, we've decided to do something a little bit different for twenty eighteen. We actually want to do a bit of a giveaway here because we realise we're sitting here having some lovely cups of tea, and you're just listening. I don't know. Probably having a Folgers coffee. Tap water. I don't know. We want you <laughs> licking puddles. Just licking puddles. <laughs> we want you to have the luxury of some of this tea in your life. So, this podcast, if you interact with it on social media or on SoundCloud or on iTunes, which we are now on, anyone who interacts with it, liking it, commenting on it, sharing it, you will be entered into a random draw where we will give away some of this month's tea. Uh, to a lucky winner and we want to do that moving forward so that you can be a part of this so it sounds like chocolate matcha is the one to get on board with because you'll be you'll be literally making money just by commenting on the podcast this time around commenting and sharing but for now we're going to dive into some of the valentine's day stories that we have for this month steve do you want to go first or should i you go first son i've got some good ones so when it comes around to valentine's day you're just thinking, like, what can I do that's really special? And I've done a lot of research. I genuinely have done a lot of research on awkward Valentine's Day stories to the point that I have sat next to me like a pile of women's health magazines, Shape magazine, Cosmo and Self. 
as I was flicking through some of these articles, you know, some of the other things I was finding out when I was looking for dating articles. Go on, one of the yeah, is some of the titles you just see of other articles while you're flipping through some of these, uh, you know, magazines. First one I saw. Why does my arse hurt during my period? <laughs> what I like about this is it was like I was reading the articles. I was reading one of them online, and it says, oh, if you like this, then you'll like. I'm like, why does it think I would like? <laughs> it's all like your Netflix recommendations. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, Bill, you want to know why your arse is hurting when you're on your period, mate? Another one was, uh, <laughs> sorry, this one just does make me laugh, because these are the sort of things that you do click on because you're genuinely curious. Eight things your nipples say about your health. <laughs> Very interesting. And then in a similar vein, just right below that one, apparently there are seven types of boobs. Which <laughs> do you have? Seven types of boobs. That's an uneven number as well, which I found odd. Assuming one of them's asymmetrical. That's right. Turns out mine a side set, mate. I looked into it. And a side set. Wide gap in the middle. Who's um who's what what's the shittest state you've ever been on? Shittest state I've ever been on. What's the first one that comes to mind when I think about it? You know what oh no, I know I know what the one is. He's, he's uh, gonna talk about the park when he missed Jerry Seinfeld. It's exactly that. <laughs> it's exactly that one. Because I was fuming. I was fuming. Now here it was. So my worst date. Did you say worst date? Yeah, go on. I remember it was definitely like you. I'd met the girl on uh, one of the what you call the dating apps. Um, Which one? And I I honestly can't remember, mate. I I, uh, I think it was Bumble. I think it was Bumble when you told me. I can't remember. Might might have been. I can't remember which one it was. Uh, He knows. He knows. I'm on all of them. He knows. (laughs) I claim to be on none of them. I claim to be on none of them, but I'm on all of them. He's got spare phones. So we'd just be, we'd actually been chatting for like a couple of weeks before we actually met. And you know, things had actually gone really well. And I, I almost thought like that was actually really good because, you know, it put things in a good place. It was it was like, oh, we actually got to know each other really well, and now it's almost gonna be seamless when we just walk in it. <laughs> so I was he's already tittling in the background. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I've got you know, I just got back in town, whatever I've got, you know, free day, whatever it was like a, Thursday or something like that. I've got I've got a free day. Uh, you said you're free too. How about we go like grab a tea or a coffee or something? Since it's nice out, she's like, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I meet her at this tea shop, um, and I was remember I was sat outside. She was running late, and she showed up, and she stood in front of me. I feel so mean for saying it, but I honestly thought she was asking me for directions because I did not know who this person was. She looked nothing like the picture uh absolutely nothing and she'd always she gave me this shrug she gave me this shrug as if to acknowledge the fact uh as if to be like yep this is what i look like and I oh like, my god i was oh like oh my word really yeah i was like what like what are we doing so i'm already confused but at the same time i'm like I definitely yeah we've been talking i've agreed to the date uh, we'll still like grab, grab something to drink immediately I can tell she's not up my alley you know how some people have like a, an online personality yeah, and then yeah. in real life they're nothing like that like they seem like they're proper outgoing or whatever just via text and stuff oh yeah 
and then they don't, <laughs> and, and then, <laughs> then you meet them in real life, and they're just like, you can't even get a word out of them. <laughs> what is going on here? So I'm a man of my word. I want to like continue with the date uh, and all that. So we grab it. We grab a tea, and I say, you know, it's nice out. Let's let's go take like, a walk uh, to the park. And <laughs> I'm not even saying funny things, but you know what's coming. It's a so cheap. He's kept it as cheap as possible at this point. <laughs> I have because I want now. I want an now. So we're walking along the side of the park. We're about to go in. And I remember being like, <gasps> and she's probably thought like Cupid struck me with an arrow or something. I'm like, no, love, don't read it to it. This ain't about you. This is not about you. Because walking straight at us was Jerry Seinfeld um, in, a New, in a New York Mets hat, sunglasses, like jeans and white trainers. He had a shirt on, but I can't remember what the shirt looked like. I don't, I don't want to paint Jerry Seinfeld to just be a topless man. So Honestly, he sounds dressed exactly as he did in his show. And truly, truly, <laughs> it's exactly who you'd expect him to be. But you can, I could spot him a mile off. I mean, he weren't a mile off. That's ridiculous. That's an exaggeration. <laughs> that's an exaggeration. <laughs> from, from about 50 yards away. Yeah. So he's walking towards, I'm like, I think that's Jerry Seinfeld. She was like, oh my God, it is Jerry Seinfeld. I'm like, oh yeah, it is. And I'm thinking, you know, as a comedian and stuff, I'm like, this is, this is huge. This is, this is amazing. And she's like, we should get a picture with him. And I went, no, <laughs> because in my head, I've thought about this whole scenario being laid out. And this date has been a complete nightmare to that point of this girl was showed up. She's absolutely nothing like she is showcased online. Things are just not going well. I'm trying to find a way out of this date. The last thing I want to do is get a picture with one of the world's biggest comedians and you to commemorate this moment. <laughs> so I was like, no, nah, no, nah, you know what? He's, he's probably, he just seems like the sort we don't really like to be bothered, does he? So we'll just, uh, we'll crack on. And we just quickly turned into some park and avoided it. So that was, that was my smoothest, my smoothest date. I don't know, I think I must... How long did, how long did it go on for? Oh, it must have been about half hour. <laughs> Shortest day in the world. <laughs> it is. It is. I, did, I remember my excuse as well. Because it was, whatever it was, a Thursday. I do remember saying to her, like, I, I sort of faked. I think you were hitting me up with messages because I'd, I'd snuck you a sly message. Like, oh, my word, mate. Like, I've just... I've just walked by Jerry and Seinfeld, and you're like, "Oh my word!" Like, mate, you got to get a picture. You got to tell him he's class. Yeah. You're you're absolutely losing it. So my phone was buzzing a lot, and so I think I turned that into. She was like, "Oh yeah, your phone's really buzzing a lot." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's work." Oh, it turns out, oh, <laughs> got to go in and cover, and I, unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, they're always doing this to me, randomly texting <laughs> me, <laughs> Facebook yeah. messaging me. Yeah. She was like, didn't they, didn't you say your next shift ain't for two weeks or whatever? You're on holiday. I'm like, yeah, but you know, family emergencies. Like, I All I chops and changes, didn't it? <laughs> always come up. Something about burst water main. Something like that. What, what shift is it you work in? Oh, the late one. The late one. <laughs> It's the really late one. I'll be, I'll be probably occupied for months. Yeah, it's as far as I, I'm actually Texas. I'm moving. I got to move. Whoa, Russo, terrible. 
really don't. What's going to happen, uh, mate? What's going to happen is you're going to get married one day. We don't know if she's going to be, but you're going to get married to someone someday, and you're going to walk out. And front row, front pew is going to be me smiling, your dad smiling, and all your exes and all these birds from all these dates you've ever been on. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have the best day of my fucking life. <laughs> he will. He absolutely <laughs> will. And, mate, the thing is, it's like we've got a pack, though, because we're both so absolutely useless when it comes to women mm. that the day that one of us finds lady that you know, we do want to spend the rest of our lives with, we're probably just going to cash in and we're just going to both hone in after that bird. It's like, well, can you just marry us both? Mm, yeah, because, it'd be easier, wouldn't it? Yeah, we just can't be bothered with two. I know, it's, yeah. Take this long to find one. I so know. how about just have a laugh together? I know. Very, I mean, saves paying for broadband twice, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. We use my Netflix password. <laughs> we just share it all out. That's nice. Yeah. It's 10 quid a month rather than 30. So That's good. Uh, yeah. That's good. When was yours? When What's your worst date ever? Or was yours the one you told last time? The worst date ever? No. Oh, no. So first of all, it says this girl, she looked like, same story actually in terms of like the old, in the photo she looked like Jennifer Esposito and in real life she just looked like Jennifer DeZazito. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've just, I've, just said, I've just said something. I don't know what it means. <laughs> Two things I knew about her. Um, she loved Indian food. She told me that. Oh, uh, yeah. And she also loved... Uh, she, oh, she was also a vegetarian, right? Right. So it was me. <laughs> so if it was, we'd have had a laugh. But... Um, <laughs> I'd have been chuffed, to be honest. Um, mate, <laughs> so, so there's this gaff. I think it's called Woodland. If anyone knows Marlebone, there's a gaff there called Mo- Woodland. And this um, is it, it, a restaurant. I walked past it a few times. So she liked Indian food veggies. So I thought, oh, be, be thoughtful. If you're picking a restaurant, Steve, pick the restaurant she'd enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Good good approach. Good approach. So she arrives, right? And I'm like, oh, look, it's Indian. And I'm like, hello, nice to meet you. In my head, thinking, who are you? Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It was. It was. It was like you're expecting to meet Ant and Deck turns up. It's just. It wasn't like that bad. She wasn't bad. She was good looking, but it was just a bit like, hang on, why don't you look like your picture? You look fine, but you don't look like your picture, which is a weird. Yeah, thing. yeah. She looked honestly quite nice. But anyway, so so we go into this restaurant, and I'm thinking, oh, I've nailed it with this restaurant. She seemed. She but she seemed. She was one of these people. To be honest, right? She could only really talk about people. She didn't, she didn't really talk concepts. This was about a year before the US election, right? So it must have been, what, mid-2015 or late 2015 or something like that. Yeah. And, and I said to her, oh, it's mad what's, what's going on with Donald Trump, isn't it? That was like, at the time, I know everyone's jaded with it now, but at the time, that was quite a normal thing to talk about. It's, it's amazing that we are, but sort of buzzed, they were just like, all right, Steve, it's yeah, a it, we were original conversation. It's like, no, it's what everyone was uh, yeah, was talking was, about. It was shocking. It was new then. It was new then. He hadn't even, yeah. he had, I don't think he'd done any of the really controversial stuff. I think it was just at that point, it was like, oh, bloody hell, he looks like he, he, could, actually, he could do like, he, he could be doing the race now. Do you know what I mean? He, he definitely had because the first thing he did when he announced his election was him doing the bit about how Mexicans are bringing drugs and they're bringing rapists. Oh, so I like 
I like I like that we're sort of like in the grand scheme of Trump, he hadn't done that much. He'd sort of had like a little wobbler. Any other politician, it was enough to completely get him kicked out for good. But Trump, now he had a little misstep. That's right. Yeah, that's kind of where it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. People were so, I think people were so shocked that I think actually the bigger news story than any of that then was that just that like bloody hell, how comes this bloke? Who's like sort of always? He's like sort of Macaulay Culkin and Michael Jackson's mate from the celebrity world. Is suddenly yeah. now, he's suddenly now like a plausible person to run for the party. Oh, absolutely! But I wasn't expecting depth from. I know I appreciate not everyone's into politics, neither am I. Really, I find it find it a bit of a miserable game, right? But I just said it, and then she was like, "Who's that?" And I was like, "Fucking! What do you mean? Oh, who's that?" God! I think in my head, what do you mean? Even before the election, what do you mean who's that? Donald Trump never watched <laughs> never watched wrestling, right? So, <laughs> one Hall of Fame induction <laughs> ceremony, love, and you would know exactly. It's just the one you would um, know. But anyway, to the old conversation, right? She was like talking about people who I didn't know as if I knew them. She was like, "Oh my God, I spent the evening with Sam the other night, and Sam was saying to Mark, oh my God, and then Mark was saying to Pamela, and Pamela was like, Mark, Mark, Mark. And I was like, who the fuck are any of these people? Can we just order our fucking vegetarian pasanda and get on with this? Because this is getting on my nerves. And then I ordered my food, oh my food, right? He basically, ordered my food, I was like, oh, that one looks nice. I said, like, is this a good one, mate? He's like, yeah, it's a good one. I'm thinking, oh, I don't really like vegetarian dinners. I can't, I know you can do them really well. I've, I've got, I'm, I can all, I always have to have meat, right? I just can't enjoy it. And I'm thinking, oh, but this is a vegetarian restaurant. I always do it wrong. He comes over, no lie, he gave me basically a Scotch pancake with a carrot in. <laughs> <laughs> And I was got pretty pissed off. I, I thought it was just like one of the one of the dishes. I was like, oh, maybe there's like four. You know, like sometimes Indian meals come out of like little dishes. So yeah. I was like, oh yeah, it's, it's, it's going to go more. No, just for my sixteen ninety five, I had fucking Scotch pancake with a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> You're sort of thinking like, oh, this is like what all the rest goes in. You sort of like wrap this wrap this around. I don't know some duck or a, a, some, something like that. Sure. Yeah, a big big old chunk of beef. Surely. Surely, yeah. but no, no, it weren't. No, it's honestly just that. So I was thinking, fuck, you know, these people cut costs, isn't they? Fuck, you know, got good margin going on here, aren't they? Good gross profit. And then so, and anyway, I'm talking to her, and I was, I was probably having a little moan about the meal. And but but no, actually, I was probably just talking about positive stuff. I don't know what I was saying, um, but I was chatting away, and then I spat a bit of my Scotch pancake and went in her eye, <laughs> which was really bad. And I was like, oh bloody hell, that's not good at all. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. Anyway, afterwards, stupid, <laughs> stupidly, stupidly, I'd booked, um, if you know Whiteley Shopping Centre, anyone in London knows Whiteley Shopping Centre, it's in Bayswater, right, near Paddington. So we walked around there, so went in. It comes, it comes from a family of cab drivers. So, of course, he's going to say, oh, everyone knows it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just off the fucking M4, take a left, go down to Trundle's Corner. It's right there, isn't it? That's <laughs> true. All the family will know. Mate, mate, so, so that's it. So we're all in Whiteley's. And up top floor, Whiteley's a bit of a shit shopping centre. But you go top floor, they've got this lovely Odeon, right? It's like got, um, it's got like leather seats and all that. So I was like, oh, you know, like one of those posh cinemas that you can get these days. Get a glass of wine and yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I booked it all before thinking so she was going to be like sort of more up my street. But I got there. Anyway, we went to see Spotlight, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The the one about like the journalists and that. And a Catholic. The, all the Catholic, cover-ups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Catholic priests, yeah, getting up to no good, yeah? Yeah, that was... Batman, wouldn't it? He was, it, he was in it doing all the right. That's right. right. Michael yeah, Keaton. That's right. Batman. Batman and, and, the, Batman and the Hulk. Just uh, <laughs> trying to sort out the pedos. <laughs> trying to sort out the pedos. Supposing Catholic pedos. But what I wasn't aware was that, 
<laughs> what I was annoyed was that she was a Catholic. Oh, right. Uh, okay. So we've gone into it, and she's like, oh, I was like, Do you know what? it looks good, this movie, doesn't it? It's up for all the Oscars. Can't wait for seeing this. And she was like, well, I'm a Catholic, so I didn't really want to see it. I was like, well, we've got two tickets now, we love. So why don't you <laughs> sit down with fucking Scotch pancake in your eye and enjoy the fucking film for 50 quid? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? We're here, so do what you like. I'll have a lay down if you want, if you want to go. I don't mind that much. I'll have your wine, complimentary, your complimentary wine. So we watch it, and then at the end, you know, it's, it's shocking, right? Everyone's like oh. in shock and awe at the end. Silence. Definitely. Yeah. Um, final statistic on the screen says something like 6% of Catholic priests worldwide um, were charged or convicted in, this, in these investigations. Dun, dun. Mm-hmm. End of film. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And I said to her, wow, that was good. <laughs> that was good, wasn't it? And she went, she went to me, do you know what? I've never been on a date before where I've come away questioning my entire identity and my religion. <laughs> and my religion. <laughs> and I was like, oh, we're onto a storm here, aren't we, love? I won't be texting back because you got me nerves throughout. You should have got arse. He should have gone after this one. <laughs> oh god, he's taken out Frank's great granddaughter out to see Schindler's List and he's fuming at her. <laughs> Absolutely, have. Absolutely, have. Absolutely, have. Oh mate, it was right bad. It was right shit date, to be honest. <laughs> That's not one of your better ones, mate. Oh no, mate. Not, but you also, I mean, it's I don't know. It's one of your less televised ones, at the very least. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I have done television dates. Yeah, are you? Uh, how does it feel? Do you, are you usually? Is that the only way you can date now? You gotta have at least like three or four cameras on that's, pedestals. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Don't even need a date. Don't even need a date. If truth be told, mate, <laughs> just bring the cam. Just bring the cam. What I, loved, what I loved about that story of when you did when you did first dates on Channel Four, um, when you did that show and you said to me what the experience was like because at home, of course, you watch all these. Shows. There's countless of these dating shows now, aren't there? Yeah, of, yeah. Um, you know, uh, of just certainly these blind date sort of shows of first dates. And what's the other one now that's out? That, oh, dinner date. Is that the one with a really cockney fella who thinks he's hilarious doing the voiceover? Uh, like anytime anyone says anything, he's like, "Fucking hell, that's a bit crazy of you to say, isn't it?" <laughs> oh, is like, that what, what one's that? I know what you mean. I don't know. I keep seeing it all pop up on Channel Four. It's all like the Channel Four Facebook thing, and I keep thinking it's like first dates or something. But the fellow's voiceover is <laughs> just absolutely stupid. <laughs> I can't remember. I know, oh, I know. I know what you mean, though. Oh, uh, so what? Um, there's so many of those shows, but yeah, what you see at home, credit to the editors and the people that put together the show, it does, it seems quite organic. It sort of seems like, you know, you walk in, you say hello, there's a couple of cameras on you, and yeah, sure, the, you know, the bartender and all the, the waitresses and stuff are in on it, but it seems like a fairly normal date, and they're just picking out the the best parts. But I love the story you said to me, where you're actually sitting there, and there's all the extras around you are in on it. They're actually like part of the TV production crew, and so so once, all of a sudden you're mid conversation with the lady across from you, and then you get the bird behind you just leading back, going, "Mate, just pick up the mustard." And hand it over to you. It was honestly oh, that. What? That... What'd you say, mate? Pick up the fucking mustard, would you? It's like, oh, all right. All of a sudden, you're picking up the mustard, just like, 
mate, what am I doing with a fucking mustard? What am I supposed to... Don't fucking look at me, mate. It's supposed to be TV magic. That's right, mate. And yeah. the fun, mate, there was, there was a bit. So there's always this thing in the show where people go to the toilet and then they call their, their like, mate, right? It's become like a thing you do on if you're a contestant on the show. So you go to the toilet and you call oh, your mate. Funny, and, funny mate, because my phone didn't ring. Well, this is it. I called you. <laughs> I called you. Did you actually call me then? Mate, I tried calling you. I went to the toilet. I was like, oh, I've got to call Bill so I can get Bill like, on the show and all that. So so I tried to call you, right? No, one, yeah. first ring you didn't pick up. Second ring, all the signal went, so I couldn't call you. So I've turned to the cat. There's a little camera in the top <laughs> corner in the toilet. And I, I just looked at it and I went, can't get any signal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that was. I was like, I was, for some reason, <laughs> I, I, yeah, the I, yeah, I thought, at that point, I thought, do you know what? I've given the game away here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like not do Vodafone in here? Or what's the... <laughs> I don't know how they're, I think they're all bullshit. They're not getting signal. There's fuck all signal in there. I was trying to WhatsApp call you. I could only get 4G. You couldn't get the main... But, mate, it was about 5am for you. I think it was about 5am. It was quite early for me. Uh, no, it couldn't have been, because I'm behind you, aren't I? Were you in Seattle then? Were you in Seattle then, weren't you? No, probably yeah, not. Yeah, but you, uh, were you going on this date about, like... It was, it was like uh, midday. Mate, uh, like, was he really? Mate, it was like midday. Oh, it probably was then. Yeah, it was like midday, yeah. Mate, do you know what? The funniest bit of the whole thing was... Um, at the right, there's a, it's pretty much all unscripted, right? You just sort of like go and do your thing. But then there's one scene at the end they like to get. So if the date goes well, they ask you to stand about sort of, I'd say, 500 metres away from the, uh, from the camera, quite far down quite a long road, like ages away, basically. And they've got like a few cameras along the road. And they say, what you want you to do is walk up the road just having a normal conversation and then, mm. and then get in this taxi at the taxi rank. And then what you do is you get in the taxi, and what you say when you get in the car is like, oh, did you want to go somewhere else? And then they go, yeah. And it looks like the date's gone great, right? That's like, <laughs> right. That's like the close. That's like, you see, I'd see, actually rather go to Charing Cross rather than Waterloo. It's quicker. <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> so, but the thing is, 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 is so, so we're walking up, right? And it's quite a long walk because they basically they want you to, because you know what's going to happen. First start, you're both going to go, oh my God, this is awkward. Oh, cameras. You know, you're going to be uncomfortable because you don't know what to say. And then, but the idea is if they give you a long enough walk, you'll sort of slip out of that and you'll start just saying like, how are you? What are you? you know, did you enjoy the day? And all that sort of thing. And you do. So, mm-hmm. so by the time you get to the cab, and they said get in the third cab in the taxi rank. And, and what the taxi does is like the, the, the taxi driver's been paid off already. He sort of works for the show. And he's dr- actually, yeah. he actually just drives you about 50 metres. It's not uh, really important job. Yeah, he just drives about 50 metres and then just parks up and then you get out. And it's like you go, off behind, <laughs> you go off behind the camera, right? It's a bit silly, but you just go off behind the camera, right? And then he just turns around and goes back and does it for the next people. Um, <laughs> but what's happened? He's doing, he's doing the relay. <laughs> but what's happened, mate? What's, you'll love this. What's happened? We started. We done five hundred meter walk. We're talking. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Got mate. Oh, whole camera crew there, like watching. Like you know, you can see people intently. You can sort of see people in the distance as well, holding like furry microphones and all sorts. There's stuff going on. Do you know what I mean? Around you, yeah, you can sort of yeah. see it in your vicinity. You're obviously on like a TV set, really, and everything's sort of shut off for you. Right. Um, go in the cab, and I'm like. Oh, do you want to go somewhere else? And she's like, yeah. And I go, all right, driver. And he's like, all right. Where do you want to go? And I just went, I don't know, around the corner, mate, innit? <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and he went, and he went, he went, he went, he went, what, mate? And then the, then the directors come running down and he goes, you got the wrong cab. <laughs> Did you get an actual cab? You might got an actual cab. He was like, mate, what? <laughs> he, was, he was like, fucking, what are you doing? <laughs> 
cab in front fucking got got his uh, got his hazard lights on trying to get me in. <laughs> had to take it all again. had to film it all again. <laughs> it's so good. Oh mate, it was the best decision you've ever made in my life. Just going so Alright mate, you uh you got any other stories for us? Mate, I do, I do, I do. Right. Go on. So Valentine's Day I find to be a bit biased. Towards but, towards women? Towards people. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm just, right. I'm just I'm just gonna read you my headline straight in after that comment. Alright. And, what I'm all, and the only context I want to give you here, mate, is that the animal kingdom, sometimes we overlook. But there's a lot we of... We do. There is a lot of love, complexity, emotion, relationships going on there too. Yeah, definitely. Metro news. Mm-hmm. Blind bisexual goose stuck in love triangle with two swans dies aged 40. Oh, this is the one that died. Yeah. I think I'd seen this story. It was really, really sad. Thomas. Oh, fuck it all. This was, this one was it, was it, it weren't the one who, was this the bird that sort of fell in love with the fake bird? No, that's Nigel. Mate, don't get your Nigel and your Thomas. (laughs) (laughs) Apologise. Apologies to the families of Nigel and Thomas. (laughs) Now, you're thinking of Nigel the Lonely Seabird, who died next to the concrete bird replica he loved for five years. So, oh, that, yeah, that was sad. They're both in New Zealand. Yeah, because so, the Washington Post dubbed Nigel. No one's heard this story. Basically, what happened was Nigel was sort of a seabird. Mm. And there's this island that, like, no birds of that type. What's the type of bird he is again? Gannet. He's a gannet. I've seen gannets. Oh, right. I've seen gannets in Iceland. Mate, they're, they're quality birds. Top is that sort of like a swan? Uh, mate, I think of him a bit more like sort of like um, sort of like an aerodynamic seagull. Oh, right. Okay. Oh, I've just typed it in on Google. Oh, they are sleek, aren't they? Mate. Quite a more, athle- more athletic. They're a leaner seagull. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. They're sort of more... Oh, um, you'd put them in for the steeplechase. Yeah, you absolutely would. They're not as much strength and conditioning. They're more endurance. They're more endurance. Yeah. Mate, they're the ones yeah. that, so if anyone's ever seen, you might, at home, you might be thinking, oh yeah, they're just describing a vague, sleek bird. But if, the, one, the one way to think of it, if you've ever seen the birds that go out into the sea, but then to, to uh, they sort of fly above the sea, and then they just pick, they see a fish in the sea, and then they turn into basically like a javelin. And oh they, yeah, and they yeah. Just go suicide divers. Suicide diving. They just go directly yeah. sort of, vertical into the sea and yeah. uh, and it all goes and then at the end someone's there's three judges at the side and one holds up a nine 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 point two do you know what I mean <laughs> do you know I what do. I mean it's all very sort I of do. Tom Tom Daly and then <laughs> um, but but so this island where so Nigel turned up right mm-hmm. um, he turned up he was the first gannet to land on this island for 40 years how do they know that, mate? How do they know that? They're, how do they? They're having words with all the gannets. All of a sudden, <laughs> Nigel turns up. It's like, oh hello. Do you know what it was, mate? Oh, mate, last last fellow I met was Dave. He went. He was here forty years ago. Honestly, <laughs> I how do you keep track of all the birds that land on an island? I think it was a uh, dinner puffin turn around and go. Do you know what? I don't think there's been a gannet here for forty years. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> so so um. So, but he inexplicably, they basically had a statue 
um, of another Gannet, right? Which hadn't been on the island for 40 years, but I think it's some sort of commemoration to the Gannets that used to be there. Uh, Commemorating the one that showed up 40 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Nigel fell in love with the concrete bird. Oh. Um, He inexplicably became attracted to a particular concrete bird for whom he constructed a nest and spent hours grooming her concrete feathers, according to the Guardian. The Washington... Oh, wow. Oh, it yeah. reminds me of my ex, mate. <laughs> Golden made of stone. That's right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's right. But the sad thing is, ironically, here's a mental thing, right? So, so Nigel kicked off with this bird in, uh, this concrete bird in about 2013, his umping away. <laughs> 2013. It's been going for years, right? He's been grooming, bringing her a little nest, and everyone's been watching, thinking, oh, Nigel, son. <laughs> have a word son you've not clocked this at all Nigel you've been going years on this have a look so, I don't she's know stiff as a bald Nigel she's <laughs> stiff as a bald mate she is love do you want to put your hips into this or what, what are you <laughs> but oh, you, well no but, make it easier <laughs> but you know what mate what the mad thing is after Nigel arrived other gannets sort of clocked at Nigel when this concrete bird was living a life so they joined mm. in and all so all these other gannets Started living there. So, so suddenly the gaff was absolutely full of female gannets, all craving Nigel. All sort of <laughs> <laughs> he's so, played it well. He has played it well. He's played, yeah, he's played the long game, hasn't he? He's played, <laughs> it's a classic long game. Distract him with like, the concrete one, and then that's what I do. I just sit in Croydon with a concrete woman. <laughs> all of a sudden, all the birds show up. They flock, they flock. All of a sudden, they're surrounded by female uh, gannets. That's right. Yeah, it's a bloody hell, Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I not explained this at all. Um, and then, and then uh, but Nigel wasn't interested. He only liked, he only had eyes for his concrete, and he sadly died, uh, he sadly died recently. But then in New Zealand, oh. it's probably the only bird love triangle I've found that is actually more sort of... Um, uh, how shall we say, wild. No, that's the wrong word. What's the word, mate? What's the word I'm looking for? More obscene, more absurd, more unlikely, okay. more unlikely. Right, uh, he's, he's found the thesaurus. <laughs> it's more unlikely is the blind bisexual goose Thomas who's stuck in a love triangle with two swans who's died aged 40. That's a bit of a surprise <laughs> me the most. 40? Wow. He's 40. He probably got right into his bingo, didn't he? <laughs> Hello. Tell <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 a blind bisexual goose who spent years in a love triangle with two swans raising 68 signets. Oh, Thomas! <laughs> you fuck me! Jesus Christ! <laughs> the what is their, where's their birthing period? Because if it's nine months, he must have been shagging fucking daily. Uh, do you know what? Mate, actually, I swear to God, I've never seen a goose swan. You've never seen a what? A goose swan. This is talking about a goose and a swan, eh? Oh, oh, I see what you said. Yeah, I was. I, I hadn't really picked up. I swoosh. I hadn't really picked up on what you were talking <laughs> That's about. Word. That's a good word. Yeah. Isn't that a nice yeah. Mate, so, <laughs> so I'll read you the story, right? A blind bisexual goose who spent years in a love triangle with two swans raising 68 signets has died age 40. Ex-soldier and his mother... Oh, hang on. That's just another story they've slipped in as a link. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's juicy, mate. Ex-soldier. Ex-soldier and his mother jailed for 11 years each for murdering Gran, 84. Oh, fuck me. What's going on over there? I love, I love that he's as if we've just stumbled upon clues to a murder mystery. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to stop the podcast because we've just found out about a murder. <laughs> Jesus. Fuck me, it all goes on, doesn't it? Me and you sat at home doing up content. So, Thomas, 
<laughs> Thomas from Waikanai, New Zealand, fell in love with a black swan named Henry and went on to spend the next 24 years with him. Oh, that's quite nice. That's very modern. Yeah, yeah. But things got messy when a young female swan called Henrietta swooped in and stole Henry's art. Thomas quickly became the third will, but instead of moving on, he decided to help the new couple raise their 68 signets over the next... That's actually lovely, isn't it? Oh, mate. Imagine being a stepdad in that situation. <laughs> coming in that... And she's got 68 kids. I'd be like, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I'd sort of draw the line at about two, honestly. 68. <laughs> that is, that's, that's charity work. You're basically Oxfam. <laughs> oh, mate. So there's a twist in this. So, But his happiness came to an end when Henry died in 2009 and Henrietta flew off with another swan, leaving Thomas all alone. He eventually went on to father his own babies, but they were then stolen by another goose called George. Oh, George, you dirty George, bastard. You prick. <laughs> you, horrible, you horrible <laughs> goose. <laughs> they are horrible geese, aren't they? They're never getting on your nerves, aren't they? They're always after every time, every time I'm around a goose, I'm so aware of my bollocks. <laughs> As, it, I you, it's the only animal I feel that way around. I've just watched too much of, like, You've Been Framed, America's Funniest Own Videos. There's really nothing funny about a goose going after your neds. <laughs> no, it's not at all. Oh, no, it's God. Not at all. It's the neck as well. I'm not, because you know, you know, mate, my, uh, one of my biggest fears in the world is what? Oh, ostriches. Ostriches. It's ostriches, 100%. And it's that neck. It's that neck. It's unpredictable. He can't it's look at can't look at No, I can't. I can't. It's the sort of snake like neck that they've got that can sort of snap at any time. And the fact, and when I found out that an ostrich has like, one of the most powerful kicks in the world, could kill a man. Yes, yeah, right. I was absolutely done with them. Mate, you know that. And could... why are they fighting? <laughs> why are they fighting? What's that all about? They made a bird that's so big it can't fly. That is absolute. That is a monster, is what that is. <laughs> you know, it's just showing. It's just showing that God overdid it. Do you know what? They can. They can kick so hard. They can kick a lion's head clean off. Oh, I heard that. But I thought that was giraffes. But I, gr- I believe it in ostriches too. Because giraffe, if you think of an ostrich, it's basically two thighs and a neck, isn't it? Yeah, giraffes are a bit more Leticia, aren't they? They've got like lean, they're more like lean hamstrings <laughs> and stuff like that. That's right. Ostriches are a bit more just like UFC. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, the, the notorious O-S-T-R-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. <laughs> mate, 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 so on, on that note, right, because you're talking about, but you know, the thing is, right, Thing is, this Animal Kingdom games, it, it's a complex one. Very. Of, very. Uh, yeah. And I'm just wondering from you, mate, do you reckon is the most romantic... I mean, ignoring Pepe Le Pew, because he's on a new level. But, <laughs> <laughs> but do you reckon it's the most romantic animal? Oh, I'm trying to think, mate. I know there's always the, there's always the discussion of... Uh, I've heard the discussion of lobsters. Apparently, lobsters are very romantic, but also there's two romantic. things about lo- lobsters are romantic. Yeah, well, to eat them or to or to each other. No, 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 no. Sort of like they they put their claws together, don't they? And they sort of like show, but they're also in a tank <laughs> about to be decimated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, it's also, like, that's that, like fi- final last shag sort of thing before it all. <laughs> it's, it's, lobsters are constantly on the green mile. <laughs> 
I had, oh, I'm actually, I'm looking things up here, and apparently a lot of it's false. Uh, it's oh. a lot, a lot of it's folklore when it comes to lobsters. Oh, shut up! I thought, I thought they, fell, I thought they mated for life. I think yeah. they were like very committed, very loyal animals. Even if I was a lobster, I'd find it very hard to shag a lobster. <laughs> it's, they are ugly animals. They're ugly. If, if even if I was a lobster myself, it'd be very hypocritical. But I think I would just be like, do you know what? I'd rather have Pamela Lee. <laughs> The the most romantic animal. I think it's it's got to be a form of bird, doesn't it? I feel like birds are very romantic, like sort of going off and get because they they get wooed very easily. Like yeah. the, the male bird will go off and get a twig, bring it back for the female bird. She'll be like, "Oh, fuck me!" I was like, F- "He is he taking a piss?" Yeah. He just flew down to the bottom of the tree, grabbed a twig, and flew back up. Imagine if I went down to the bottom of the stairs, grabbed someone else's fucking rubbish and came back in. <laughs> you know, it's someone's McDonald's box. I'd call the council is what I'd do. Yeah, I would. Well, could you have a clean-up? Because yeah. this is taking a piss. <laughs> so, mate, I, 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 I thought bird as well. Yeah. And I thought parrots. I don't know why. I always thought parrots were, were really romantic. <laughs> Not that romantic, mate. I mean, they do they do remind me of a lot of relationships because they don't shut up. Yeah, <laughs> don't shut up. That's right. And every time you walk in, they go, Bill is a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of a laugh, isn't it? Mate, so... <laughs> mate, but I, so I looked up parrots, right? So I was like, oh, yeah. So I was trying to find some romantic animal to talk about on our show. All right. Get this, right? I was thinking how disappointed I was. thinking Me going into it, thinking that parrots are honestly like the bee's knees Casanovas. Mm. The male white-fronted parrot vomits into the female mouth prior to mating. Oh, God's sake. <laughs> There's no need. That no is, need. honestly. And then, and then, so then, obviously, that took me down a path, and I clicked a link at the bottom of that article. And all the links said, and obviously I was going to click it, I mean, the article title was Kinky Porcupines. <laughs> So I'd have been mental not to click it, really. So I clicked it. So I clicked kinky porcupines. Right. The female porcupine is treated to a high-pressure stream of urine from a male companion before copulation begins. God's sake. <laughs> Thing this- is, mate, I think that's basically porn nowadays <laughs> because I think, I think the bar has just been set so fucking high for what is acceptable. It used to be just very normal sex between people, but oh. now it has to just be like, yeah, pissing in your eye is really <laughs> what does it for me. So, uh, so, so, mate, kinky porcupines. So, the female porcupines treat to a high-pressure stream of urine from her male companion. Bearing in mind, I went on here to look about romantic fucking... Right, from her male companion before copulation begins. This allows her to sniff her potential partner's pheromones and decides if she wants to mate with him or not. She then exposes her delicate underbelly, where there are no spines, to allow the male to access her genitals. Unlike females from... (laughs) Sorry. It's very... Like, you know that that book we had as kids, like, How It Works, whatever. (laughs) It's very much like, yeah, go on this pulley, and then you've got to, like, push this button and then pull this aside... And then you have access. This is right, yeah. Jeff Brazier pops out. He goes, fuck, come with <laughs> <laughs> Come with me. You're running out of a giant key. <laughs> um, unlike females from other, some other species, the male is not able to force her to have sex so she can swipe him away with her spiky... I thought was going to have an app. With her spiky tail. But, mate, so then, I, so then I thought, okay, bloody hell... 
I've looked up um, I've looked up parrots, which I thought were really romantic, and I clicked kinky porcupines, and it's all sort of gone water sports. I'm thinking we've got vomit, and how bad can it get? And then I thought, okay, what's another romantic animal? For some reason, come to mind, and you might have thought the same, is the the honeybee. I think it sounds as if honey, the word mm. honey, kind of like a love word, and for some reason, yeah. I thought, oh, maybe bees honeybees are really romantic. I thought that they yeah. sort of all went back to the Queen or something. And I know there's going to be like polyamorous. I, I get that. But I thought there might still be some sort of love. Yes, yeah, that's, that's my nickname, son. Polyamorous. What's, no, no, no. That's your stage name. I was going by Honey Bee. But he, thinks, like, he thinks polyamorous is what I go by. So, oh, God. so I've typed in, I've typed in um, into a, a well-known search engine. Honeybee romance, right? Right, he's, de- he's definitely got an escort service. <laughs> Certain of it. Well, yeah, there was actually saying that there was some funny stuff, but I got to a I got to an article which was about you know the love life of a, of a bee. Oh yeah. Penis rips off after copulating. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at the end of his. After, co- after copulating, the end of his penis rips off. His testicles explode, and he falls to the ground dead. His abdomen severed from his body. <laughs> Are we having a laugh, Animal King? I'm so... Go- I mean, so- oh, Jesus. The things these blokes go through for a shag. His sole purpose is to make with the queen, so even if he does survive his bu- this brutal amputation, he will be ejected from the hive. Useless. <laughs> brutal, isn't it? That is fucking hell. That's their own reality show, isn't it? Imagine Big Brother, but you get kicked out if you ain't got your cock anymore. No, no, that's right. But what I think that's right, yeah. But what I'm starting to wonder if this means, you know, when you get stung by a bee, oh, he's left his cock in you. <laughs> Shagged you. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Oh, what's that? You've been stung. Oh, no, I've actually been fucking boned oh, by a bee. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll tell you what, mate. I've done a little bit of side research here. Oh, yeah. And I found out something oh. via, via Planet Wildlife. And it actually has an article on most romantic animals. Oh, yeah. Some of them are a bit bollocks. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm saying like, oh, you know, these ones like to cuddle when there's a picture of them, like arm draped over them, all that sort of business. But the one down, that really down, caught my eye. Down the cinemas. Yeah, is that, is that, watching Black Panther. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so the one that really caught my eye, though, is flamingos. Mate, do you know this about flamingos? Oh, what flamingos do? Flamingos dance for each other's affection. Oh, really? How good is that? They it's, fall... it's, it's very much uh, uh, Billy Gleason traits. <laughs> so they they form separate groups of males and females strut together in search of a mate. However, rather than aiming their advances at a particular individual, it appears that groups generally dance to appeal to other groups as a whole. It's a very West Side Story, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> It is brilliant. It's brilliant. Imagine me and you just breaking into the fucking thriller routine <laughs> down New York, just like that would be fucking fantastic. And we would get all the birds. I'm sure of it. <laughs> That's right. They are. They are quite sincerely single and ready to flamingo. <laughs> they are. They are. That's. I think. 
if we are talking most romantic animals, I think that's lovely. It's that time of the month again. Give us your tea review. Your ten out of tea for the T two chocolate matcher. What are we thinking, mate? The chocolate matcher. Oh, everyone thinks Steve always goes for the nines. Getting complaints. Oh, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, audience. He's like, he's like that Ryan Reynolds film from about 2006, The Nines. He's always <laughs> right. He's right in the nines. And much like that film, no one really understands. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the chocolate matcher. You think, oh, well, what's, what's he going to come in on? Nine point one, nine point four, nine point eight, nine point nine, seven point two. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> bollocks tea. That's as, low, that's as low as I'll go because it costs £24 and I feel annoyed and embarrassed for even having it. But I won't go lower than that because it costs so much. I'm very emotionally invested in it and financially invested. So out of pride, out of pride, it's in the sevens. <laughs> well, given that glowing review, maybe that's not the tea that we're going to give away to the people this month. Maybe we'll pick the best one from the months we have done so far and send that to you if you like, share, or comment on the podcast. Mate, what was it that didn't really do it for you about this tea? I would suspect with uh, with teas which are sort of novel, like chocolate, or, you know, maybe if one was sort of like a, a cake, you know, lemon drizzle cake tea or something like that, I would suspect that it's going to smell like it but not taste like it. And this tea met my expectations perfectly. It's, oh, Really? It smells like a Snickers. It tastes like a water. <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, then. Well, uh, mate, just before we go, we did uh, we did over the last month, we did lose someone who was very sort of formative to our comedy stylings when we were when we were younger, a very funny man um, and a very great actor, uh, Mr. John Mahoney. Um, sadly, he did he did pass away earlier this month. Uh, he was a fantastic, fantastic comedic actor. Uh, if you're not familiar with his stylings on Frasier, I know Steve and I, mate, you and I were 28, but we watch TV like we're a couple of 60 year old women, and we've we were well up on Frasier way back in the day. And I don't know about you, but to me, it was one of the best written sitcoms, certainly of his time. Yeah, and it was an American sitcom which bridged the gap with the UK quite a lot. I think that Fraser and Niles were quite British types of blokes, even though they're American. And obviously they had Daphne, the English, and all of her family. So, I don't know, they felt some real familiarity with it. And I think it was a good door opener from, for Brits to start. Because, by the way, the Americans may not know this, Seinfeld was not a big show in the UK. Most people in the UK haven't heard of it. Get that really wasn't. Really yeah. wasn't. I think it was a lot of the cultural differences, maybe. Because if you sort of look back on Seinfeld, there's quite a, uh, quite a lot of very uh, American-centric uh, things that they all talk about that I think alienated people a bit. That's right. Uh, and then Friend, Friends and Frasier came along and really sort of uh, took American sitcoms into the UK uh, televisual arena. Yeah, um, those two. Those two, I'd say. Yeah, there were definitely there were quite a lot of ones that um, that you know there were a lot of people who uh, you will know, quote other shows. They'll say like Cheers and Mash and stuff were over in the UK and stuff, and they were. But I would also argue, I think Cheers was a big show, but I would argue Frasier was bigger um, over in the UK. Uh, I think it was definitely at a time where you know those those British, uh, the British audiences were very, very into the American style. You know, the two senses of humor between British TV and American TV are very, very different, but the sort of high intellect of, uh, Frasier's 
writing and you know the way that we could relate to the sort of maybe pompous attitudes of the family you know these people who live live a lavish life and can't really uh can't really get along with the commoners was something that the british can really understand so i think it was incredibly well acted and i think john mahoney did a incredibly well job uh, incredibly good job of you know, bridging that gap between the sort of working class lifestyle and uh, the rich guy lifestyle. He was sort of the perfect straight man, as we say, in the acting world. You know, he wasn't the one who had all the funniest bits in the show and the best lines you've ever heard, but he was the perfect guy to play off of. Yeah, very lovable, very likable face, very likable person. Very lovable. And uh, born in Manchester. England. Yeah, he's an English fella. No way. Yeah, so he's one of our own. Um, so just wanted to give a quick salute there to someone uh, that we lost who was sort of a, a big part of uh, our, our comedy stylings growing up. Thank you, thank you, John Mahoney, for everything you did and uh, all the laughs you gave everybody uh, over the years. Ladies and gentlemen, on that note, we're going to wrap it up another episode of Hot Contents. We'll be back next month with more for you, a new tea and a new giveaway. Uh, it's always a pleasure. We hope you had yourselves a lovely Valentine's Day, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care. I'll tell you what, mate, to play us out. Oh, I guess I'll do the washing up then, shall I? <laughs>